Welcome to Bob Got a Microphone, the podcast that exists because I, Bob Tarantino, bought a microphone. There are a lot of interesting people out there, and these are some of their stories. So, a few years back, a weird thing started happening. I started getting emails that seemed like they were addressed to me, but something was just a bit off. They made references to people I didn't know and clients I wasn't familiar with, and they sort of seemed to be talking about area of law that I just don't practice. It took a little while for me to figure out what was happening, but I suddenly realized there's another Robert Tarantino who's a lawyer here in Toronto, and people thought they were emailing him when they were emailing me. It all worked out okay. I ended up finding the real other Robert Tarantino. We met up for drinks, and he's a great guy. A few years later, during the pandemic, I saw on social media that the other Robert Tarantino had decided to start selling bagels. This was exactly the kind of thing I needed to hear more about. In this episode, I talked to Rob Tarantino, an employment and human rights lawyer who decided to do something a little unusual during the pandemic. He started making and selling small batch hand-rolled bagels. We talk about growing up Tarantino, what motivated him to start making bagels, the differences and similarities between becoming a bagel monger and starting his own legal practice, and how sharing food that he loves has helped him tap into a supportive community of bagel enthusiasts across the city. This is his story. All right. Rob Tarantino, welcome. How are you? Hi. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm well, thanks. Good. So I'm, I struggled a little bit with what term to use to describe you. Like I wanted to call you a bagel monger, but is that inappropriate? I don't know what sort of the right description is. Good question. Bagel Meister, I think I was called in a blog TO article. Okay. I like that. I got back for, uh, for my business card. (laughs) uh... (laughs) that's good so i guess one one thing we should clarify for listeners is uh so far as we can tell you and i are completely unrelated like we have no familial connection whatsoever which is sort of bizarre when you think about it right like they're like tarantino is not like smith in italy right like there there just aren't that many tarantinos but despite the fact that we are both you know we both live in toronto we're both lawyers we're both robert tarantino like we just we're just completely not related in any way that we can figure out. Yeah, that's true. We're not related. We're not, we're different people and we're not related as far as I can tell. uh, I mean, I don't think I knew another, other than my family, another Tarantino growing up at all. Um, No one could pronounce my last name really until Quentin showed up on the scene. Yeah, that was a real game changer. That was, yeah. He did help help out for the pronunciation and and yeah, and I guess we we met each other years ago through being, I think, mistaken for one another on a couple. Exactly. Of I still get emails occasionally or, okay. or sort of messages on LinkedIn. Somebody contacted me on LinkedIn like a, a few weeks ago and was like, "Hey, Rob, like I'm I need an employment lawyer. Like, can you recommend anybody?" And I'm like, "I think you've got the wrong." Like, you know? <laughs> it's all good. So yeah. you are a lawyer, as I said. You also are a bagel meister. So. Tell me how you got to the point where you're making bagels. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, you know, I love eating bagels. I went to undergrad in uh, Montreal at McGill and fell in love with Montreal bagels. Uh, we used to do the walk up to St. Vieter bagels and get one fresh out of the oven and tub of cream cheese and, and have at it. <laughs> and um, I have a background in cooking before going into law there. There's an alternate universe in which I'm actually a chef somewhere. So I, I spent a number of years 
cooking and a variety of restaurants and, and traveling and working in restaurants. So I have that background in, in cooking, but never baking actually. But a number of years ago, prior to COVID, I sort of fantasized about having a very quiet, calm, serene job where it was just me and no phone calls and no emails and no conflict and no one was bugging me. And in my mind, that was me quietly rolling bagels, you know, in the early morning hours. <laughs> And, um, you know, nothing really came of it. But when COVID hit, a number of changes, you know, happened in my life, including starting my own law practice. I started my, my solo practice early on in COVID. And we got a dog. We got a COVID dog. And that COVID dog, uh, whose name is Bowie, after David Bowie, that just meant that we were out and about in our neighborhood. And all of a sudden, we had, we had a whole new group of, of community friends with puppies at the dog park. And we met a bunch of our neighbors just walking around. And I met a guy who lives down the street, who I'm now good friends with, who also had a COVID dog, who started a, a, a weekend pizzeria from his house. And so he was doing the Saturday night pizzas, uh, Detroit style pizza and selling them out of his house and working Instagram and, and that sort of thing. And I got to talking with him and I said, hey, I've always had this interest in doing something with bagels. And he said, well, you should do it. You should try making bagels. And so, you know, we started chit-chatting about it and, you know, I toyed with recipes in the past, but I started making bagels and I started testing them out, you know, giving them around to uh, neighbors, friends, just to see, you know, what worked. People like them and people, people like them. And I started an Instagram page for fun. And I'll remember, um, you know, I posted my first picture or two of the bagels and I started getting all these, I started getting followers because my pizza friend he uh, liked the photo and pushed it out on his Instagram. And, and I got all these, these direct messages from people saying, oh, these look great. Where can I get the bagels from? And I thought, oh, no, where can they get these bagels from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I thought, I guess I, I guess I better start making bagels if people want them. And so that, that was sort of the origin. You know, it really was uh, just a, a, you know, sort of a dream, a passion of mine to bake, to do something different, to express myself in a different way to do something that was fun and, and would bring some happiness to folks in a pretty difficult time. And yeah, that, that's where it sort of started and it's, it's evolved and evolved and keeps evolving since then. That's amazing. And so it's St. Clarence bagels. So what's, is there any sort of, what's the origin story behind that name? Yeah. So I live on St. Clarence Avenue, which is a street in the West end by Bloor and Lansdowne. And so it's named after the, the street that I live on, which is where I bake. I bake from home. Um, but it's meant to be an homage to the old Montreal bagel bakery. So St. Viator was my favorite. Um, so to sort of name after the street that you're on, it was uh, meant to be a, a bit of an homage to them as well. Right. And so one of the inspiration points was sort of a weekend pizza maker. So did this start as a weekend endeavor? Like when, when do the bagels get sort of produced and sent out into the world? Well, I started, so I, I did it on Saturdays. I still largely do it on Saturday mornings. And that just synced up with, you know, I could run my, my law practice during the week. No one was going anywhere, you know, in, 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 during COVID anyhow. So we were home on Saturdays, not doing anything. And so that was a perfect time for me to, to do it. So I would, I, I, I baked Saturday mornings. I would arrange some pre-orders with, through Instagram, everything's run through Instagram. So if people pre-ordered bagels, I would arrange for some sales, 
pickups from my house. In the early days, it was a lot of testing recipes, a lot of uh, walking around, giving out freebies to friends and and other folks in the food industry that I know to get feedback. And for whatever coincidence, there was a whole bunch of people in my neighborhood doing things similar. We have a couple pizza guys. There was um, an ice cream parlor that was running through Instagram for a while. We've got a, another professional baker, a street over. So something about the neighborhood I live in, there were a whole bunch of these. So we would, we would you know, trade with each other and and uh, it was, I, I kind of got into this whole world of Instagram COVID bakers. And so I would link up with people and we would trade and, and uh, test it out. And so I devoted Saturdays to it. And bit by bit, I mean, my initial goal really was to make a bagel that I liked and that I felt happy with. And once I started doing that, you know, bit by bit, I would increase how many bagels I could produce. I would grow the, the following on Instagram. I toyed with different ways of doing pre-orders and eventually fell into a system that seemed to work for people where now I do, I think I probably started with less than five dozen, I would say, a week. And now I'm up to about 11 or 12 dozen a week. And I take weekly pre-orders. And now it's a bit more robust. It's, you know, I, I started getting some ink, as uh, one of my customers called it. I hadn't heard that term before. But I started blog to did a couple articles and Taste Toronto and, and some other food blogs. And as a result of that, I had people contacting me, uh, you know, cream cheese distributors, seed distributors, uh, suppliers. Uh, so I have this whole network now, which is, is so fun because it's so different than my legal practice, <laughs> connecting up with this, this different industry in this different world. And so now I, you know, I've got some kitchen equipment. I, I make the dough Friday. I now blend cream cheese mixes in-house. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll um, do a pickled red onion. So I do a lot of that Friday get prepped for Saturday, bake Saturday morning. And then um, there's a pickup window early Saturday afternoon. And, you know, one thing that's been really wonderful about it, especially during COVID when no one was really seeing each other, is that it became an opportunity to connect with friends and with neighbors. Right. Um, because we would, you know, we would finish baking around 1230 or so. We'd have a couple hours of pickup and people would stop by and they'd hang out on the stoop and we'd chit chat and they'd bring their kids and you know, when the weather was nice, we, we had a bit of uh, socializing, which we were so desperately missing. So it, it became a bit of a, it is still a bit of a community, a community spot. Very funnily, recently, we had a neighbor list their house for sale. And in the real estate listing, the agent talked about how vibrant our neighborhood is, including a bagel pop up on the street. <laughs> I like so it. That's it a selling point. Real estate fame yeah exactly <laughs> fantastic so let's just there, there's a lot i want to i want to kind of pull on in there in what you just yeah. described but just in terms of the equipment because i mean to me like making 10 11 12 dozen bagels sounds like a commercial kind of undertaking and it, you're doing all of this from your kitchen like i'm just your house kitchen so what does what does that look like like are you sort of occupying the kitchen from friday night to saturday afternoon and nobody else can come in or it seems like it might there's a there's a potential there for this all to be very kind of overwhelming yes <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you talk if you talk to my wife who fills uh we joke about the business cards we're going to produce because they're going to have just a litany of jobs that we do but you know if you if you talk to her because it's a it's a family affair you know the seeds are everywhere in the kitchen <laughs> 
so there's a big cleanup operation operation that goes on after. But you know, it it was sort of iterative. It 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 really was. You know, initially, what tools do I have around the house? I just use my regular <laughs> regular oven. Uh, I don't have any special oven. I, I did early on get a um, one of those barbecue or, or pizza stones that you can heat up in the oven. So Montreal bagels traditionally are baked in a wood burning oven, a brick oven. And so that gives a certain flavor to them. And they're also baked on these big, long uh, red cedar board, which gives some flavor to the bagels as well. So I don't have that set up, but I've tried to approximate it. So I have these uh, I have this uh, pizza stone that gets preheated in a very hot oven um, for about an hour or so before I start cooking. And I have um, these bagel boards, which are red cedar planks that the bagels start to bake on before I flip them onto the board. <laughs> so I had that initial setup, but other than that, I didn't, I used just the tools around the house and bit by bit, I started figuring out what would be helpful. You know, as I said, I didn't really have a background in baking. So, you know, starting to get baking equipment and tools, I started talking to friends about kitchen supply stores. So, you know, for anyone in the business, you know, Tap Fong is a classic uh, supply place. You know, you, I'd go and get my bag of 500 uh, paper bags from them and, and mixing bowls. And so I would start to go and, and talk to people at the stores and figure out what is the good equipment and start getting that sort of equipment. And I've got one of those big IKEA pantry shelves. So bit by bit, I started getting all of that. The, the fundamentals haven't really changed. I still use, I still bake from home. You know, um, kids are playing Nintendo in the basement. So they're, they sort of uh, occupy themselves. And I've sort of achieved that bit of solace that I was looking for. It's kind of me with some tunes, just rolling bagels for hours uh, in the morning. Um, but, you know, one thing that never ceases to amaze me is that it's really a process where you can incrementally get better and better and better and better. You know, I'll speak to a friend or I'll talk to a neighbor or watch a video and I'll find out a tip about how to do something I didn't know how to do before and it improves the process slightly. You know, a major improvement early on was doing the dough, making the dough the night before and letting it rest overnight in the fridge, um, which would give it the additional hours to expand and develop flavor. Um, which had a massive impact on my ability to bake because I didn't have to do the dough the morning up. So it's, it's things like that that really helped the process. I, I uh, befriended a, a professional baker early on and would pepper her with questions about, you know, why is my bagel not rising or how do I get this texture? You know, all that sort of thing. But I, I did at one point because there was a, there's sort of a trend in these Instagram baker businesses where you start off small in your house and then you go and rent, you know, a com commercial space for one day a week or something. And, and so I started looking into those options. I haven't really moved there yet. Uh, I don't know if I will. I sort of moved into different ways where I've started doing some pop-ups. I've done a bit of catering for law firms, but every time I think I've maxed out, somehow I find a way to, to do more. Amazing. You had mentioned before, you know, you're making bagels that you like. And you mentioned that you make Montreal style bagels. So I'm a big bagel fan, but I'm unschooled in the, in the world of bagels. So what's the distinction between Montreal bagels and other kinds of bagels? Well, firstly, Bob, you got to come over and try some bagels. I'm, I'm there. Awesome. I'll be there on Saturday. Okay. I'd love to get, you won't you. be able to get rid of me. <laughs> Your opinion on them. Yeah. So much, I mean, you know, there's a lot of bagel loyalty 
out there. Some people are only New York, New York uh, bagel <laughs> folks. Some some swear by Montreal. I, I I like them all, but Montreal bagels. I mean, it's got a particular formula, a particular recipe for the dough. But all bagels are are boiled first, typically with some sort of sweetener. So Montreal bagels are boiled in honey water. Sometimes other people will put malt into the water. Montreal bagels are 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 distinguished by being baked in these wood-burning ovens. So there's a baking process that's different than New York bagels, for example. And, you know, they're characteristically sort of thinner, but smaller, not as bread-like, might feel a bit denser to people, Um, but they've got that hint of sweetness that comes from the honey they're baked in. There's also malt powder put into into the dough, so it gives it a bit of a flavor. You know, New York bagels are the other major style that are a bit, I think what a bagel probably is New York style. If anyone knows Primrose bagels in Toronto, they do a New York style. So they're a bit smaller, but sort of fluffier, maybe a bit doughier. For for me, actually, Greif's bagels are what I think of as characteristic Toronto bagels. Uh, they're a bit hard to describe. They're neither Montreal nor New York, but Greif's, I think they're up on Bathurst. They're a fantastic, unique kind of bagel. Uh, onto itself and you know we do classic flavorings you know we do sesame salty poppy and everything bagel uh we have a neighbor who um uh is from france and he has started suggesting all sorts of different flavor combinations so at some point he suggested we do a rosemary and sea salt bagel which was uh admittedly pushing my i don't know bagel conservatism (laughs) you know (laughs) the boundaries a bit far, but it's become a huge hit. And so now we have a regular rosemary and salt bagel, which apparently is popular in Vancouver, but it's very hard to find in Toronto. And so I started getting all these Vancouverites finding me and coming to buy these rosemary bagels uh, because they couldn't get them anywhere. And, you know, we tried other things. My neighbor suggested we try coconut bagel, which I (laughs) thought, okay, we'll see. You know, that one didn't go so well. You win some, you lose some. Exactly. You try. <laughs> and our latest new one is uh, cinnamon raisin bagel, which, you know, oh, is yeah. you know a bit more traditional. You'll find it in, in yeah. many shops and my son loves it. And that takes a different dough. So it, it's a bit of a different process. But, you know, for for me, it's it's, you know, what is going to keep this fun and enjoyable? And within that guiding principle, I'm willing to do anything, really. Um, right. to experiment. And we've got merchandise. We've got these awesome St. Clarence winter toques uh, that folks have around the neighborhood. You know, we're, we're, we're willing to kind of have fun. We're going to start printing uh, temporary tattoos for the kids. <laughs> and, <laughs> As one does. Sure. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, whatever, whatever is, is whatever it is, whatever we want it to be really. Um, right. So it's, it's in that sense, it's a lot of fun. Amazing. And so I feel like people tend to develop a real sense of loyalty to their bagel meister. So for example, I, I live in Kensington Market. Uh, we have a bagel meister there, uh, mm-hmm. New Boogle, and they're great. Uh, and I'm a big fan of theirs. But there are sort of defined kind of providers of bagels or sources of bagels in Toronto. So it seems like a fairly small community mm-hmm. of people who are making these things. Did you find that existing bagel providers were welcoming or were they sort of like what are you like what are you trying to do here like how did that how did those interactions go 
you know, I don't think I'm a threat. I think I'm pretty small time uh, that no one's really too concerned about me yet. I, I often joke that I'm a glorified lemonade stand. But um, yeah, you know, I, I popped into Primrose Bagels in the summer and chatted them up. And, you know, their response is great. We'd love to try the bagels. Uh, you know, I think one of the Whatabagels follows my Instagram account. It's, it's been great, frankly. There, there, there have been, there have come and gone other small bagel makers um, that I would connect with. There's one out in Mississauga who's doing her own thing in Mississauga and, and was having some success with it. So it's actually been really supportive. I, I, if I found anything, it's that people want you to succeed. They really want you to do well. Whatever it is you're trying to achieve or, or trying to do, everyone has been super supportive. And as I said, you know, I'll trade with other bakers. I'll ask questions. Everyone is generous with their time. Maybe if I started doing brick and mortar stores and moving in next to uh, Kettleman's or something like that, maybe I'll get a bit of pushback. But <laughs> for the time being, it's been a really lovely community. You know, no one gets upset about bagels. It's, right. It's a fun thing. They're <laughs> a unifier, not a divider. Yeah, it doesn't provoke negative feelings in that way. So Amazing. Um, it's been great. And, you know, I get to meet other, other proprietors. I, I know a few other restaurant owners now. And it's been a really great community. Amazing. So in a, in a very short period of time, it seems like you started two very different undertakings. Like you started your own law firm and you started St. Clarence. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what those two different experiences were like? So, because you're, you're an entrepreneur in both cases, but I suspect quite different types of entrepreneurs. And also just wanted to pick up on the point that you, you raised about this being a creative outlet for you. You know, I assume in a way that practicing law just isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I didn't have any grand plan for either of these. And frankly, I think for a lot of folks in COVID, it was an opportunity to just, you know, assess where I'm at and reassess where I'm at and what I want to do. At the time, I didn't necessarily have a plan to go and start a solo law practice, but my circumstances were such that that was the best move for me to do at the time. And, you know, like the bagel business, I just reached out to friends who had started their own practices, other solo lawyers quickly got some advice and tips and tricks about how to set up the mechanics of a practice. Um, it's very easy to do so. I had a friend tell me he could set up my law practice in a morning, and it turns out it's not that more, much more complicated. So, you know, I joke, I, you know, the capital investment in my law practice was basically my laptop, you know, I got <laughs> a laptop and, uh, you know, I got a secondhand desk that's in my basement and I, I got an address for my, my, my sort of office mailing address. And uh, there, there's, there's no capital, basically no capital investment if you're going to run a virtual practice or a remote practice. And I had, you know, about a decade of experience so that the, the sort of nuts and bolts of the practice were already there. Um, and there was a learning curve just to the business of law, but I enjoy that. You know, I, I have sort of restructured my legal practice in a way that's, that's based on a, a service model of um, more personalized service to clients in quicker turnarounds, more sort of dedication. So in, in a sense, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a, a smaller, roster, more personalized service model, which allows me to work less, I think, than lawyers are traditionally asked to work, um, which is helpful for me in my life. And it also opens up time for me to take on this other 
business venture. You know, if I need to go pick up cream cheese Friday morning, I, I'm, I'm free to do so. Although I'm happy to say they now deliver. <laughs> but, you know, it's sort of, so kind of structuring my law practice in a way that fits with my life has allowed me to also do this bagel business to open up the time. I mean, I've devoted myself to working six days a week, basically, because I do the bagels on, on Saturday. But to your point, I mean, you know, there's, there is a certain kind of creativity in legal practice. For me, I find that creativity in um, alternative dispute resolution and how can I help my clients achieve their goals? You know, I'm an employment lawyer, human rights lawyer. Um, you know, how can I, are there creative ways to help resolve problems, address issues? That's a certain kind of creativity. It's very different than, you know, the, the food industry creativity where you're designing logos and, uh, you know, merchandise and coming up with uh, bagel recipes and that sort of thing. So I think for me, being able to sort of shut off that intellectual side of my of myself and open up the sort of tactile kinetic part is a very nice welcome change. And at the end of it, you have something delicious to eat. Um, so, you know, you get a nice product out of it. But I think I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit you know, there was a bit of trepidation around launching my law practice because that's what supports my life and my family. And so there was a sense of, I need this to succeed. And I'm about two years in and it's it's been going great. You know, there's no pressure on the bagel business. So from an entrepreneurial perspective, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, counting every penny as it were. Um, you know, I have the luxury of it. If it didn't if it if it failed, it failed. That was totally okay. So it was it was nice to have no pressure around it, and because it's so incremental, um, you know, every time you get a new article published, you get hundred or two hundred new followers. So it's it, it grows incrementally, and there's a lot of learning around it, which is um, which is exciting. Yeah, it's, it's been yeah. a lot of fun. Amazing. So, and I have a vested interest in this next question. So, how can people find St. Clarence Bagels, and how do people go about getting St. Clarence Bagels? Absolutely. They are very limited, <laughs> exclusive item. I, I'm joking. Um, so we, we run it all through Instagram. <clears throat> and it's funny because I'm not really a, a social media person. I don't really have a personal Instagram. I've never had Facebook. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you through, through, through the bagels I've gotten on TikTok. And I'm kind of amazed by what happens on TikTok. And I'm, I'm always just, I don't know, confused and amazed at the same time about, about TikTok, but it, it's all through Instagram. So you can find us at St. Clarence Bagels, S-T-C-L-A-R-E-N-S Bagels. And you can see our page. There's some story highlights that explain our menus and our, our process. So the way that I we run it is we take weekly, basically weekly pre-orders. So if you, if you follow the account, you'll get story updates with countdowns. Usually we take pre-orders. Sunday mornings for the following Saturday big. There is a limited run of probably the equivalent of about 11 or so dozen. Um, so we sell by the half dozen. We limit to a maximum of one dozen per order, um, just so as many folks as possible can get in. And, you know, it, it depends. Some, some weeks, orders fill up in 10 minutes. So you have to sort of really be on, on the button. Other weeks, it sort of fills up throughout the day. Um, but we're always selling out. And we try to be as fair as possible. I mean, if folks tell me that they've been trying for a couple of weeks and they're just not able to get it, I'll just pop them in on the queue for the following week. I have some regulars who are 
on some form of subscription. You know, they'll come every week or every other week. So they sort of have standing orders. But Instagram's the place to find us. And yeah, that's that's probably the easiest way. We're pretty responsive on on uh, social media. And and actually that's been another fun element to this is the, you know, speaking about creativity, it's kind of like how many ways can you photograph a bagel for your, <laughs> your Instagram account? <laughs> We're we're still we're still figuring out the answer to that question, but it's been a lot. You know that piece of it's been a lot of fun too. Learning about social media and, and you know how how do influencers work? It's I have people contacting me that want to run a story. They've got five thousand followers. They do this big thing and I don't get anything out of it. And then someone else, some story goes and you get a big bump. It's it's uh you know that whole world is it's, it's its own 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 thing as well. Right. Well, look, whoever's taking the photographs of the bagels, they're doing a, an, an amazing job because they look excellent and I look forward to trying them. So thanks so much for taking the time to, to chat with me today. This has been a real pleasure and I look forward to seeing how St. Clarence grows and, and uh, the new creative activities that you undertake. So thanks again. Thank you very much for having me. And, and I'd be remiss if I wouldn't put a plug in for my law practice. Uh, my mom would be upset if I didn't push my law practice. You can, you can get me at tarantinolaw.ca as well. But it's been a pleasure and thank you so much for inviting me to the show. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you like this podcast, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, liking it, sharing it with your friends, or inflicting it on your enemies. If you're still listening, you're probably the only one who's doing so. The secret number is 42. To claim your no prize, send an email with the secret number in the subject line to bob at bobgotamicrophone.com. Zero, zero, nine, six.